It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. This is Alan Deegan. Hiya, Rob. Good times. That's as high. I think we just need to save that in the audio vault for the happiest Alan Deegan ever has been on a cold open. How are you? Oh, wow. Just wow. You know, what a, what a display from Connacht Rugby, almost from start to finish. They've come away from the RDS with a victory, a try bonus. And they're still in with a chance of getting to a final. It reminds me of that time. Connacht were playing Leinster and... No, we'll save that. We've been, we've been warned. But you're getting one more retail of that story before it's finished. 18 years since Connacht won in Donnybrook. Most of you don't know that story. Well, I'll tell you later. And they've done it again. So many stats coming out of this one. One of them was the conversion rate into 22. Another was just like... Last year they trailed 14 nil at half time. This year they led 25 points to 5 at half time. It's the 12 to 1 outsiders. No chance, no hope. What are they even trying to do up there? It's this team. It's the way they try and play rugby. We're going to hear from Andy Friend. We're going to hear from Jack Hardy. We're going to hear Andy Friend underlying that they have a belief in the way they're trying to play rugby. And even if it doesn't suit the weather, they're going to figure out a way. Well, you didn't say that. They're just going to plow on, which, you know, you could be saying, how is that going to work? But well, maybe it will work. I don't know. Listen. Rugby is about a long season. There are ups and downs. The last two weeks, they had a downer, but this is so far up that it just puts that into the rear view mirror. It most certainly does. And what was so impressive about it was at the end of the game, they didn't whoop and holler and sing and dance and whatever. They got into a group and they, they, they had a, Quinn Roo had a few words with them. He was captain on the night. And um, they looked like a team who were content that they'd done, the, they'd, they'd done that work, but they've got a lot more work to do. Right, listen, there's so much to talk about. we got some snippets of audio here we want you to listen to and it's all going to culminate in the voice of Jack Carty just talking about how much this means to them and how much they know it means to you guys at home. I think there's some great stuff here, so sit back and listen and just take it all in. And now Leinster are driving into the Connacht half of the field. Connacht have intercepted though and they're bursting clear and Jack Carty is away. Jack Carty's going the whole half of the field. He's going towards the line. He's going to score. Jack Carty has scored. Here goes Blade, brilliant offload from Delahunt, and Blade is away, he pops it back inside to Jack Hardy, looking for a second try, he's tackled five metres from the line, great clear out from Blade, great pick and goal there from Sammy Arnold coming up to field, Leinster on the wrong side, killing the ball, slow ball, but they're getting away with it, Blade, five metres from the Leinster line, Dominic Robertson, McCoy, is the chance going from Connick, well certainly in a great position here, Blade again, Daly takes a lovely line, and takes two Leinster players to take him down, that gives Connick a good platform, one more push might do it, they're over the line, they've scored, brilliant from Daly initially and I do believe that Jack McCarty has got in for his second try of this game what a start for Connick the rank outsiders are now in control of the contest in these early stages the left is the open side Blade disguises to the right goes himself he's going for the line that's outrageous from Blade he's against the post he's touched against the post that doesn't count anymore they need to use it Connacht thought they might have had a try they would have last season they don't this season they're on the line Connacht this is critical they're trying to score they've nearly got over they're stopped short Connacht forwards piling in combination Tornbury's at the back of this one driving them over the ball is recycled they might try to go to the back line Blade Cardi scoops it out Daly one more pass by Dude Alex Wooden he's got another try Alex Wooden can't stop scoring Connacht have three tries this is outrageous stuff Leinster 5 Connacht 23 last play of the first half don't believe what I'm watching here 
and they're inside the Connacht 22 and now they're charging free from it Sean Cronin against his own team what an offload Leinster score in the corner they're back in the game they're roaring they're celebrating Connacht are rattled not again surely not again they're not going to find their way back well they're the best team in Europe so uh, well as far as we're concerned they are so they might just do that brilliant score in the cor- corner I think it was Baird who got it hey, listen to this got a lot of injuries now we can't be out players dying every stoppage yeah. if this continues yeah, I'm going to start playing like three. Giants though, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, if you didn't catch that referee not happy that there's so many players injured and Caelan Blade well they're playing like absolute giants in fairness to them uh, what a comment from Caelan Blade well, Leinster good clean ball intercept by Tom Daly he has it in his hands he's been held he's been tackled he's still going he keeps it on his feet Tom Daly for the line Tom Daly for the bonus point try uh, Andy congratulations um, first of all in the commentary there I was just asking Alan what is it about Andy friend teams that can have a bad moment and then a week later can bounce back like that he reckons a big part of it is players are learning quickly on the field I want to get your own thoughts on that yeah well we Rob we, we know it's you know it's it's not a perfect game that we play and not a perfect occupation that we live in there are errors and, but you've got to make sure that you can grow and learn out of those and one of the big things that we have here at Connaught is, you know, it's only failure if you don't learn from it. So we, we continue to get um, learnings. We continue to fail. We continue to get back up and we have another go. And I said to the boys before um, the game today, I was just really proud of the way they bounced back after that, that, uh, that loss last week. Um, you know, I said, we, we turn up here tonight and we've got to trust our systems and trust that we belong in this in this environment and, and that's what they did. I didn't send out a message. I don't think the whole game I didn't send out a message, Rob. So, um, you know, that, that uh, plaudits therefore goes to the players and the bloke sitting here on my left, Jack Carney, was a, was a major part of that. It's funny. We do tend to get a bit mired in detail sometime in assessing Connacht just over, over the years, but there is something about Connacht at the moment that's just very heads up, play the game that's in front of you, high octane rugby, you know, Jack's intercept is a great example. I think we had knocked the ball on twice in the series of plays before that. And yet the intercept was a really, really good read that he can speak to in a second, I'm sure. But just that kind of element is, was a key factor I felt in the win. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, we've, again, we just said coming up here, um, it's a dry track. It's, uh, we had a very similar performance against Racing. You know, I think people underestimate how hard it is to play the game that we want to play and the game that we believe is the way rugby should be played um, in in Galway. But we will continue to do it and we'll continue to make the errors. But when we get the dry tracks and things work for us, you, you see the belief and you see the confidence grow. So, um, yeah, it was it was a dry track there tonight and, and I thought uh, the boys played accordingly. It was good football. What does a first win in 18 years away to a European powerhouse like Leinster mean for Connick's season? I think it's enormous. I think it's enormous, um, not only for Connacht, but for everyone else to say, well, they can be beaten. Um, you know, and, and we're, we're really proud that we're the team that's done it. Um, but you don't rest on this. I think the most important thing, you know, Quinn, Quinn Rue was our skipper tonight, but he said it in the shed down there tonight. He just said, you know, the most important thing is we back this up. Now we've got Munster at the sports ground next weekend and we've got to turn up and do that again. And we've got to keep, you know, that's got to be, Hopefully what we deliver every time. Now, we know we won't because we're human beings, but that's what we want to deliver. And when we do get that energy and we do get that accuracy, you can see what happens with it. I was taken by the fact that Quinn took the time underneath the post and just the team were so calm in the way they received that victory. I think a lot of people maybe outside of Connacht will be surprised by how calmly Connacht took such a big victory. 
yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think it's, it's important to be humble when you win too. So, um, you know, you, you know that, uh, you know, we're, we're here at, potentially the greatest team in Europe and, and we've just knocked them off. So you don't want to be in their face with that either. And um, I think being respectful uh, is part of rugby. So, um, I'm, you know, we, we, we definitely, when the when the locker door got locked um, or shut, there was a lot of excitement and a lot of people jumping around, but mm. we didn't, uh, I didn't think anyone was disrespectful in the way we, we handle ourselves post the win. And of course now, I mean, we're talking about the disappointment of Ulster and this incredible turnaround. The flip side of that is you've got to maintain it next week. Yeah, that's right. And and, and so that's the beauty of the game we play, isn't it? Um, but yeah, not too dissimilar. We got we got out enthused last week. I thought I thought Ulster were brilliant. They turned up the sports ground and they definitely came home over the top of us. Um, and we actually said after the game, we own that. You know? And we also own that performance out there tonight. So I'd be really proud of that one. Jack, just for yourself, what was... What was your highlight in that game, just as you look back at it? I mean, you got 20 points in the first half, but we were nearly more, you know, impressed by the way you, you yourself and the team around you controlled the game in those closing 20 minutes. Maybe just speak to us about the game from your perspective. Um, yeah, I probably was the fact that um, there was probably a point in the second half where, where I could have went either way. Um, mm. Two years ago, we kind of were in a similar position and, you know, the kind of wheels fell off the cart, to say, but... I think that was probably the most pleasing thing and was probably a point there where we had to compose ourselves. We were maybe getting a bit too frantic. And I think, um, as Friendy said, it's only a loss is only bad if you don't learn from it. And I think in terms of the stuff we spoke about last week, um, obviously it's different conditions, but we certainly brought um, some aspects of that this week. Um, so I'd say that would probably be the most important or most pleasing aspect of it for Rob. We were just looking at a stat there, Jack, that says that Connacht have had a 60% conversion rate within the 22. They've done that against Glasgow at home, Edinburgh away, Zebra away, and now this game. So with that in mind, I'm thinking of the try that uh, you scored where uh, Quinn kind of went over with you and it was a really good break from Caelan Blade off Della Hunt and then Blade cleared you out. That kind of conversion rate seems to be, and that kind of try seems to be something that Connick have added to their to their game this season. You must be really happy with those kind of scores, finishing off a half break as well as you did. Yeah, it's something we've been working on probably for about a year or so. Um, you know, you can see that it's kind of evolved. Last week we got um, two tries at the backs, one for myself and then one from, I think, Porchy. And it's just about kind of the way we've evolved that, I suppose. Um, but the hard work is done by the forwards, you know what I mean? And um, you can see it this evening and all throughout the year that, that I suppose when they get go forward, it's it's quite difficult to defend. So, um, hopefully we can we can keep that going. Same question just to finish for you that I kind of asked Andy, which is what do you think this means for the season? Um, yeah, I suppose, look, it's going off the, the disappointment of last week. It probably is, is made up for that in terms of our, our conference. Um, next week is going to be a massive one in terms of that as well. If it looks like it's going to be, um, I don't know what the permutations are, if it's going to be top v top or whatever it's going to be. So um, it gives us a confidence to know that we, the game plan that we have can set us up to um, to have success. Um, but look, it's just the fact we've been we've been here and been so close three or four times in the last five years, um, and we never seem to to get it. But tonight we did. Jack, we're getting some great messages into the station from fans. We're seeing it all over social media. Connacht rugby is trending. People are, you know, it's tough times. So people really, really care when they see their team on the television. Just putting in a performance like that. Does that mean a lot to you guys? Uh, yeah, look, it's obviously been an incredibly tough year for everyone. 
Um, so that performance tonight, um, hopefully it brought some joy to to people for the, the tough couple of months they've had. And look, it's only probably going to be the same for the next couple of weeks. So hopefully we can kind of continue to do what we've been doing and make the province proud. Right. Okay, so it's uh, Saturday night, late here in the TG Car Studios. Shout out to everyone involved in making this happen that allows us to broadcast these games in a safe and meaningful way during this tough time. So the next Irish Interprovincial, I think, will be, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be Munster away, and by that stage we will be able to travel in Ireland anyways. And then it's a step-by-step process. But in the meantime, brilliant setup here. We've got the ref link, we've got a great view. The only thing we miss is that wide shot. There's nothing TG Car can do for that. We'd love to be in the stadium for that because there were one or two moments during that contest when we were wondering, oh, what was the shape? How did that kind of shape up? Well, I was saying to Jack Carney there, and I think he might have got mixed up between the two tries. There was a brilliant break from Caelan Blade off a pass from Della Hunt, and then a clear out, and Connick scored really well. That was one try. That was either Carty or Wooden. Forgive me at this stage. The other one came off the back of a scrum where Blade just looked up through the eyes, as you said, because both those scores were exactly about what we're talking about: conversion, making a score count. Absolutely, and and this is this is it. Um, Danny's just come up with some stats where they. Every time we've broken 60% uh, scoring ratio when we hit the 22, we've won this season. Um, and that's been part of the issues that, that we've been getting into the 22 an awful lot. And we were talking about it in midweek in the podcast. We've been getting into the opposite 22 and not converting. Today we converted. Yeah, and it's funny. Line out, they even had a line out malfunction early on. And, you know, so there was a couple of points. You, we're talking about, let's take a point that you made in the comp chair at one stage. You're talking about sports psychology and all the teams that start winning start telling us about their sports psychology. And we never hear about the sports psychology and the teams are losing. So, look, hey, it's all part of it and that. But if you want to talk about their mental strength as a group, there was a bad line out straight away and it's the same old, same old problem, but they figured it out. There was a moment in the second half where Leinster got caught for crossing, where Turner got a try, and you thought they were falling apart and you heard Jack Hardy in the press conference there they stopped they regrouped they figured it out and then there was a moment of full time when Leinster got the four try where instead of just jumping up and down Quinn Rue said hang on a second lads let me talk to you for a second and it's just each of those three moments are highlights for me of the right mental approach to this game Andy Friend said after it's about being humble I know where he's going with that and he's right but I think it was a little bit more than that I think it was about saying listen we want more than just this yeah, I think so. They've proven now over the last three or four weeks that they're competitive at the top end. Mm. Like at the top end. Okay, Leinster were missing a few players today, so were Connacht. Um, and they had disruption with, with Sexton going off pretty early in the game, so they played a game without an out-half, and Connacht played a game with an out-half, who ended up getting player of the match, which was important. Um, but this is a, a Leinster side who haven't been beaten this year. Um, I think they went through the whole of 2020 with only one defeat. Um, they certainly haven't lost in the RDS, I think, since April 2019. You know, for Connacht to do what they did, and most importantly, as you say, Leinster came out, scored two tries early in the second half, brought themselves right back into the game, had another one disallowed, and from that moment, Connacht took over. And certainly, Jack Carty took over. He just pinned them back. Some of the kicks he put into the, the corners were just outstanding. I would recommend that if you just can't get enough Connacht rugby, listen to Pete Wilkinson's chat with, with William if you haven't already. It's 13 minutes. It's brilliant. We always love talking to the Connacht management and each one has their own unique style and Pete has his. And I just thought one of the things that was really interesting about what he talked about was a trend he felt that it was he saw in these Leinster fixtures that were always close. It never feels like we're beaten. I guess he didn't say this, but I guess he was referring to the difference between when we play Munster, when sometimes Connacht can be well beaten sometimes and uh, when they're playing Leinster which is 
rarely bar last year's uh, outlier, if you like. So I thought it was interesting that they approached that game in that way. I think it's very important that you highlight Leinster without an out half and had lots of problems and lots of disruption. No one's, I think that probably fed into Connick's reaction to this victory as well. There's a certain amount of this, let's be aware here as well. You know, there's tougher days ahead for us as a group. It, literally next week against Munster is arguably going to be a tougher fixture because they're going to be stronger. Obviously, Racing 92 coming the week afterwards and Bristol as well. So put all those things together. Alan and I just kind of think it is important uh, look we're not trying to take any good mood off anyone listening to this one bit this is a sensational result they've lost to much 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 weaker Leinster teams over the years yep. having said that there is context and I guess the real point that you picked out that I'm picking out from what you just said there is this isn't necessarily a surprise to you they've been competitive it shouldn't be stunning that they can score four tries against a team like this no, well, I did put a few bow on them at twelve to one, so <laughs> that was where you know that that's just an element of listen. I think there's something there. Like I didn't even go for the the plus twenty one, which it was, and then it dropped down to plus eighteen. Thought no, you know they're either going to win this game or not, um, and felt that I looked at the Leinster team and I think I said it in commentary a couple of times. They were missing Fardy, they were missing Lowe, they were missing Reese Ruddock, three guys who seem to have the hex over Connacht whenever they're on the field, and I think the last time they played a team of similar ilk to that was when John Muldoon played um, and kicked the, kicked the conversion in the last minute of the game at Sports Ground in 2017 I think it was I haven't beaten them since I haven't beaten them since but when they're, they're, they're Leinster always have to have one or two of those type of players on the field which, which was interesting because there are there are kind of uh, B characters to that uh, group, if you like, I'm trying to think of the right way of saying it. Like Sean Cronin, yes. who's a superb warrior, an incredible player. But I mean, in terms of he almost could do it alone, what Fardy does, and he nearly did because he set up that try and it was brilliant for Baird. And I thought it was a key moment, and it just didn't happen because I just think Sean needed a couple of more of the old warhorses around him, and they weren't there. Yeah, and and also if you look at it, I think kind of kicked for almost a thousand meters in that game. Um, Is that like the, we don't know if that's a record, but it feels like. It's outrageous. I I've, I've never. It's <laughs> outrageous. It seems like an outrageous number. I'll have to go back and have a look. I don't think we've ever seen us do that before. And I think part of that was the fact that, um, and again, I, we, during the game, I was noticing Jack was finding grass. He was kicking the ball and finding grass. On at least two occasions, he kicked like lateral. <laughs> he literally kicked lateral just to set up a line-out. Like I don't think he meant to on both occasions, but I think he was pretty much trying to find touch anywhere along the touchline. It was like a set, no, 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 we will not give these guys what they want. No, and also his, his kick in the depth was fine. And I think he, he looked at it and it was a good decision. It was a clever decision. They had two guys making their debut in the back three. You know, so you, you pick at that. At back three, there was one point, the one guy who wasn't made the debut looked as, as perplexed and just bamboozled by everything. It was Dave Kearney in like the 70th oh, yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. To give him credit, that was an amazing kick yeah, from no, Carter. No, 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 but my point is, he was bamboozled by just everything was going against him. And that kick goes into touch and he's like, Mother of God, what have we got to do? And I think if he felt that way, if he was kind of like just exasperated, that's the phrase I was really trying to fight, by what was coming at them. And by because he knew going forward they had these chances and they looked like they could open Connacht up. And he probably felt like the rest of the entity team, this is going to come together. And when it didn't, he was like, wow, what is going on when that kick went in? If he felt that way, how the hell did Max O'Reilly and Andrew Smith um, review the, that whole game? Well, exactly, and, and poor Max O'Reilly, the first ball he got was thrown over his head, he had to jump and try and catch it, and he was smashed, and then the next ball he got was, wasn't the greatest pass to him either, he was put under a huge amount of pressure, so you're looking at, you know, you're going after the spine of the team, there's two 
8, 9, 10 and 15 they had a brand new 15 his first game and he was put under pressure from them at the start it wasn't just Connacht it was a bad pass which then put him under pressure and then Connacht got after him a little bit the 10 went off so there's just two of your spine gone you know admittedly Luke McGrath played one of his better games and scored a cracking try um, and Dan Levy still looks as though he's still trying to find his way back into the level he was at before a couple of times he made some crucial turnovers but he, he did disappear as the game went on and I think Sean Masterton had a lot to do with that he had a huge game smashing everything in sight when he got the opportunity um, and that, that came from a, a front five that was doing so well Sean Masterton yeah I think he did about 60 minutes and I feel like it was like one of those pacemakers in a marathon where he was like he was going to burn himself out by the 18th minute you and I love cycling and some lads lead them up for like 75% of the mountain uh, he was one of those kind of players tonight he just put himself in put himself into every contact situation and in the end had to go off yeah he, he left the field after 68 minutes and Keane Prendergast came on and immediately started throwing himself around the place and you know smashing guys again so many of these guys are either from Leinster or have some sort of connection with Leinster in the pack that they, they really wanted to prove that um they were good enough to be on the same field as those Leinster lads and they did tonight. Amazing week of audio coming your way. The Midweek Podcast is the place to be for where we start to really take in what we've watched because we'll re-watch this. Don't lie at home, folks. You know well you're going to watch this 12 times and it's okay. It's You're in a safe space here. You can admit it and enjoy every second of it. But I want to finish this on one thing we did a few weeks ago. We don't have a partner in crime here, uh, William Davis, but we want to kind of finish with a bit of a burst of energy. We did this before we went through every player. We're not going to do that. We're going through every section of the field. I want you to give me a quick summary of, of Connick's back three, centres, halfbacks, front row, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to get you to do that. Before, once that's done, I want to just quickly look at the table because you were throwing around sentences at me like Jesus, maybe Connor can push towards the top of the table and I was like you're raving Alan and now you're going to show me that they can so we'll get to that and I think our listeners are waiting for my story about Mark McHugh kicking the drop goal it's a long time ago folks I may have never told you about this I might have to bring it up before it's finished but first of all Alan can we do you want to have the team sheet in front you don't need that you're going to put all in your head but just talk to me about Connick's back three tonight well, you can't really argue with John Porsche had another amazing game. At one stage, he kicked, took a, took a catch in zone 22, walloped it down the field. Young Max O'Reilly tried to make a, a break. He caught him. Max O'Reilly passed the ball out of tackle, and he caught the next player as well, and Connacht got a scrum, either a scrum or a penalty out of it. It was just a highlight of, of the work rate that John Porch goes through. Alex Wooden scores another try. You know how What more could you want? And then Peter Sullivan, every time he got the ball, got across the gain line so he caused problems mm. every time he got the ball he didn't get it that often because Leicester had quite a lot of possession in that first half um, but he did cause problems every time he got the ball and it looked as though he deserved to be out there Tom Daly and Sammy Arnold in the centre there, that partnership is growing and growing and growing um, you know the the, the, the try that, that Leinster got taken back that would have brought them within four points um, turned out that Sammy Arnold was, was blocked off from making the tackle and people say, oh, he mightn't have made the tackle. He was smashing everything he got within two yards of him all night. Um, he was one of his best uh, defensive displays. And that partnership seems to be working really well defensively, it has to be said. Um, an attack, it could do it still a little bit more life, but that's asking for way too much because I think that both of them are playing really, really well at the moment. Yeah, Sammy Arnold has started every game bar the three Tom Farrell started. And of course, Farrell's gone for the season. So he's the only other one to wear a 13 jersey and he's making that 13 jersey his own. Most competitive players on the pitch was what uh, 
Pete Wilkins said when they played him on the wing in Edinburgh we wanted to get our most competitive players on the pitch when they didn't have room for him in the centre because Tom Farrell was there uh, but they wanted to still get him on the pitch so they like something about what he does and I think we saw it in all its clarity tonight Galen Blade and Jack Hardy playing for only the second time together from the start in the halfback partnership didn't probably work out very well last week as it played out mm, Linger went pretty well tonight Ah, oh, they were they were superb both of them. You know, um, Blady in the first half, and and um, even though Jack scored twenty points in the first half, it was it was it was more about Blady's control and what he was doing in the first half, and then Jack in the second half. It was just a master, masterful display of kicking, various different types of kicking, and just putting pressure on the opposite player. Talk about wanting your, you know, your 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 guys to stand up and and um, show what they're made of. The two of them did it. Caelan Blades, 26 years of age, has now 119 appearances for Connacht and 20 tries. Jack Cardy is 28 years of age, has now 148 appearances for Connacht and 20 tries. That's enough of that. Dennis Buckley, Shane Dillahunt and Dominic Robertson-McCoy led the Connacht front row this evening. McCoy was, looked as though he was in trouble early in the game, but he just didn't get himself set on one scrum after that. He locked down every single scrum. Delahunt was the um, the guy who started the second try, I think it was, when he picked the ball off the, the base of a rock and tore through, something he does in practically every game he plays, um, which which set that up with passing it on to Blady, who then Jack passed it on and away, they went away and scored. Um, and then I thought that was one of the Buckley's best games. I think that guy is on fire. And how Ireland can keep looking at some of the players that are missing for them in at that level and not take him into account and watch how he fixes things, how he solves problems and how he just plays the game in general. I thought he was, he was brilliant tonight. John Porch has started every game for Connacht. Dennis Buckley has started every every game but one and came off the bench in that one. Uh, so that's a phenomenal work uh, load he's had as well. Uh, in a sentence, I thought the bench front row were brilliant as well. All did their job. Well, it, there was no change. You know, the, the scrum didn't go backwards when they came on. There was no no issues with them when they, they came on the field. The line-out didn't disintegrate. We had one bad line-out earlier in the game. After that, everything worked smoothly and everything worked well. So, yeah, the bouncers bounced. Yeah, that's uh, Murphy, Burke and uh, Kenny all doing their jobs. Second row will do the cover as well. Uh, Gavin Thornbury and Quinn Rue. I mean, my God. And then even Alton Deland coming on, throwing himself about. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you, the stats there when the last time we had the three of them on the field um, or three of them in, in the, the same squad that we've been missing them for quite a while um, it's just great to have second rows it's great to have that power the pressure they were putting on in the line out they weren't giving any easy ball to Leinster the line out mall stopped or the line out defence stopped the, the Leinster mall on numerous occasions Leinster weren't able to bully us up front and that comes from you know that whole front five showing what they're capable of just moving around the position but the back row Owen Masters again Connor Oliver and Sean Masters and I think you mentioned Keen Prendergast as well he was a, a bouncer in that regard but yeah I mean I, there's loads you can say about this as well oh, Connor Oliver is just just yeah. playing phenomenal rugby I saw someone earlier in the week saying one of the reasons he left Munster is because he's not heavy enough I'm thinking what like he's only a, he's only a kilo lighter than, Sha- than, than Scott Penny um you know, by the official figures, but I thought he was phenomenal tonight. Won a couple of really important turnovers early on in the game. Um, smashes, he smashed Michael Bent at one stage in a tackle. <laughs> like, wow, he's given 20 kilos to that man and stopped him dead in his tracks. Huge game from him. Sean Masterson, I thought, put in a very Dan Levy-like performance in, in how he did things. And Owen Masterson is just incredible. Like the, the, the work that man's doing. He's been playing second row most of the season. Comes out and plays another enormous game at six. Huge. It's this is this is where he was before he got injured. What four, or five years, three, four years ago, in that zebra game, he was at this level where you're sort of going, "Wow, 
I wonder if Scotland are going to come looking again. Oh, very cheeky. Because uh, 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 Ireland need to wake up, basically. <laughs> 27 years of age, old Masterson, right there, ready to go. 22, his younger little brother, who has a lot of uh, potential there. So that, in the back three, Colm O'Reilly, late addition to the subs bench, came on, got his uh, impact. Dermot Kilgallen came on, got a chance to impact. And Ben O'Donnell, look, he's a cool-looking rugby player. It's got to say it. Got the headband, the long flowing locks, all that stuff going on. And uh, yeah, he looks like he might be able to make a bit of an impact as well. He does. He looks like the honey badger for any of those fans of, of Australian rugby players. He looks exactly like the honey badger. And, and um, in the little bits we saw of him, he looks as though he can play like the honey badger too. Yeah, very abrasive, very physical. So this is something we're seeing from the sevens. You, we were blown away by John Porch for a number of reasons. One of which was he won a penalty at one stage after a kick chase in the first half. This was one of my fav- some of my favourite moments of the game had nothing to do with the tries and that was one of them. Where he runs the length of the field, made a tackle. And just maybe talk people through the sevens element of the way he got up and made another challenge well, you know, in, in sevens, one of, the, one of the big things about sevens is that you don't have time to lie on the ground and admire the work you've just done. You know, expecting all some of your teammates to come in and finish off the job you've done because there isn't that many players on the field. So you, you have to get then do your job, bounce straight back up and do the next job. And the, the speed at which he did that, I think, caught Leinster by surprise. The fact that he was able to get off the ground, make three or four yards and make the next tackle, which brought a, a penalty towards for, for Connacht just, just afterwards. That is just, and he did it the whole game. You know, there was times, every time we said, I said, well, that was John Porch that was putting pressure on the fullback there yeah, as he jumped for the ball. That was John Porch that was over there pushing the man hit the touch. You know, he just seems to get around the field an awful lot. It wasn't something he did earlier in his rugby career and obviously has learned that he can move around and still do all this sort of stuff. And that's that's game knowledge. Ben O'Donnell and himself have those two different traits. We saw snippets of a Ben O'Donnell, so wondering, is that another seventh straight? And, but both of them seem to be really good under the high ball. I didn't expect that from sevens players, but they are. No, no. It's ben not. caught one. Let's not get too carried away, but it was impressive. It was, and it was it was under an awful lot of pressure Ooh. as well. Um, you know, And his tap tackle that he did later on that, yeah. that, that denied Leinster a try with about three minutes to go. I think they eventually scored a try, but the game was over at that stage. Um, but that was impressive. And again, work rate is what you're looking for. You're looking for competitive guys making it. It's something that We've been wondering what was wrong with Connacht over the years, even, and that it was that how can how could Munster win games that we couldn't win, you know, and and a lot of it was down to work rate and and just sheer determination to win. And you mentioned earlier on, we want guys, the most competitive guys in the field, and now you've got a situation where you've got competitive guys on the field, but also competitive guys sitting on the bench going, where am I? And then competitive guys sitting at home going, hang on a minute, I'm meant to be there too. So it's squad, probably the best squad we've had in a long time. Interesting, because I wouldn't have said that last week. Um, but hey, look, we're, we go up and down with the wind, totally in this job. But like, yeah, as well, well, and, and talking about the win, for me, we would have won that game last <laughs> week had we got the wind right in the fir- you know, if we'd chosen the right way to play. Interesting. So it doesn't necessarily come down to the way we play, uh, the con- if you play the conditions like and they played the c- situation very well if they can play situations as well as they did tonight maybe they can treat the weather like a situation in their head and just play it very well but the, the reality is again this is another night where the, it was perfect weather yeah. and the pitch the pitch was a bit slippy at times it has to be big, said the big brutish bullies just weren't there that said I do think if Connacht are sometimes losing the contact area if they have a Caelan Blade Jack Hardy Kieran Murray and Jack Hardy combo working as well as that and if they have sheer sparks of brilliance in the likes of Porch in the lines of running of Daly and in the potential of Ben O'Donnell and if they have the finishing ability of the likes of Alex Wooten or the lines of running of Peter Sullivan then I think they can and I think that's Andy Friend's mindset when he suggests yes he has the squad that maybe he says no I'm not sure we need the Fardies and these kind of superstars or as I was pointing out last week the huge loss that is Colby Fienga 
if we can make up for it with the sparks of talent that we have in these key situations. Well, absolutely, because you look at that team and it's missing Paul Boyle, who's been one of the standout players of, of the season. It's missing our captain, Jared Butler, who, you know, you know, that, that, there's two huge... Finlay Beelan wasn't playing tonight. Well, I was going to say, Finlay Beelan wasn't, wasn't on the field. So you're going, well, wait a minute, and neither was Dave Heffernan. So wait a minute, that, that's four guys you would always have going down as your starting pack. There's someone there. I think we have Bundy Aki. Well, he's in the back, so I'm going to talk about the pack here. <laughs> no, yeah, we, yeah, we could bring Bundy Aki in, and then you have Tom Farrell, who's out there as well. So, you know, there, there, there is depth there. There's definitely depth there. And, and it's been coming. It's been coming slowly but surely. You go back to each game, and you look at periods of the game where... You know, even games we were losing, even when we lost at Bristol, there was still that, that point where we weren't bullied that much. When I went back and looked at it again, initially on the night I thought we got bullied off the field, but when I went back and looked at it again, I thought, well, actually, we weren't bullied by that much. And they were brilliant. They had so many super talented players on that pitch. Uh, you know, so there was there was a big challenge. I think there was a kind of a feeling that Connick could have played 10 times better and still lost. And I think we were just frustrated at those elements. Yeah, and, and so what I'm seeing is that... that We've lost games this year that have been frustrating, but we've lost games that we probably could have and, and in some cases should have won. Mm. You know, you can go even go back to the, the Scarlets game. We probably should have won that game. The only game I think this season I've looked at and thought there's no way we should have, we could ever win that game was the Cardiff game. Mm. And we just seemed to blow and, up a little bit. And Beelham and Heffernan went off in the first couple of minutes that game, which I think was critical. All right, uh, show me this table and explain to me how from a position of losing to Ulster last week at home for the second home defeat in the competition of the season so far... The Connick can somehow still, you think, maybe, just maybe, challenge for top spot, which is the only way you can get to playoffs this year, because there's only one playoff, it's the final. Munster lead the way. They're eight points ahead, eight points ahead of us, and we've played the same number of games. Now, I, I, for some reason, I thought we'd played one game less, but um, even then, if we can win next week and deny them a losing bonus point, then we're only four points behind them. And the games in hand, the, 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 the matching game that we need to catch up that we both have, they have to play Leinster, and we have to play the Dragons. You would like to think that we can beat the Dragons, and you'd like to hope that Leinster would beat Munster. That puts us on the same number of points. Always looking up, our Alan, always positive. And my job sometimes is just to look down, because that's what I do. And we are, sorry Dave Finn, because I know that'll annoy him, uh, one point ahead of the Scarlets, but have a game in hand on them. Uh, still have to go there. They've beaten Connacht in Galway. Uh, that's for second spot. The top three go into the Champions Cup. So you look at Cardiff from that perspective. Seven points behind Connacht. Connacht have two games in hand in them. Well, Cardiff did beat Connacht already. Cardiff have to go to the sports ground. Edinburgh, well, they're uh, 11 points behind Connacht. And they've lost to Connacht at home already. They have to go to the sports ground as well. So, yes, interesting. Long way to go. few games in hand to sort out. Play the other teams in your uh, group. And obviously, they have a couple of games against Munster. Lots of challenges. I think they'd absolutely be delighted to finish second or third and get get into the uh, Champions Cup but uh, they'll push hard for higher and they'll take a lot of belief from tonight we'll see and we'll learn a lot more in the next few weeks I think that's it I think that's all was there anything left I think there was a story that people were asking for about Mark McHugh here's the thing about our win in Donnybrook okay no I just need to say this you've cut it haven't you yeah Talk to you during the week, midweek podcast. And don't forget, after that, there'll even be another bonus podcast the day before the game with one of the management team, William Davis, chatting to them after the team is selected. Who else has this coverage of their rugby team? Who else? Who, has, who else has a rugby team outside of Leinster, obviously? They can go there and do what they did at the RDS tonight. Brilliant. Well done, everyone involved. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad. Until you hear